Living Church, please stand. Lord, we're just so grateful to be here this morning, Lord. And as we come before you, we enter your gates with thanksgiving and praise. Looking forward and expectant for all that you're going to do for us today.
Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess confess that that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty and merciful Lord, grant you absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace, consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen.
together the Kaleb. Almighty and everlasting God, you've given to us, your servants, grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory. O Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Now was I got a rail now. <laughs> Praise be to God. Seems like every uh, Sunday these children come up. Lord, just gives me another little tidbit about life in itself. This morning we just shared what a short time we have, where we have an opportunity to... uh, help with the cooperation of the Lord to develop in the men and women of God they're going to be. And then soon, soon, they'll be uh, turning around, having their own children doing that again. Father, we just pray that uh, as we're about this task, that we don't get off on some tangent, but that, uh, Lord, they give everything they need to grow in the strong men and women of God. We'll build this kingdom and build this kingdom and build this kingdom until you return. Lord, we can guarantee that the gates of hell will never prevail. Amen. Jesus' name. But you tell by this that we're going to uh, be baptizing more children today. (laughs) Amen. Okay. Go get them, kids. Our first reading this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 15, commencement. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness 
it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion, and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks. Stand for the reading of the psalm. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 29. Let us read responsibly by the half verse. Given to the Lord, O you mighty ones. Given to the Lord, the glory due to his name. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord slivers the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone says, Lord. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. And the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. Please be seated. This morning's second reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. <clears throat> 
The word of the Lord. Thank you, God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to you, Lord. St. John chapter 16, beginning in verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Because of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father, to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment. Because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Be seated. Well, these are wonderful uh, Sundays when we have an opportunity to uh, demonstrate our faith and our actions as well as, of course, the action I still believe is a important action of coming to the house of God and it demonstrates to him that you're serious. It was in the... Uh, he said that... Uh, It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the helper won't come to you, but if I depart, I'll send him to you. So the whole system is designed to continually feed us and cause us to grow up into all things in Christ. And so our our coming and our participation, I can absolutely guarantee you there is nothing certainly on earth, that uh, will benefit your time more in these hours on Sunday morning than coming here. Uh, You know, occasionally we have special events and things we are uh, participating in because of uh, commitments and whatever. But my point is that uh, it's amazing what transpires here. God does business with you here. 
Right? He's a businessman, a very successful. He gets it. It's like, and so with that in mind, let's proceed. Well, today, special Sunday in the calendar of the church, it's uh, the first Sunday after Pentecost. And uh, Pentecost, of course, is where the outpouring of the Spirit, we have an icon of it in the back. Uh, comes to the church, falls upon the people. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we begin ministering in full glory and evangelizing the world, becoming powerful agents of God. Now, how many people see yourself as powerful agents of God? Yeah. Well, that's good. We should all see ourselves as powerful agents of God. See, I see it in you, sometimes a lot more than you see it in you. And uh, what I do, you know, often I encourage you because of that, because it's there and it's we were created for a purpose unto heaven. And when we begin to prepare ourselves and, and create a discipline in our life of, of prayer, meditation, study of the word, meeting together corporately, you begin to uh, create a mighty warrior, a mighty warrior. And this is what we issue sharp, mighty warriors. It's a funny gospel, isn't it? Well, this has a uh, status of a, a major feast day. And it's not to be overlooked because it is so important. And it's, in fact, it's about the only Sunday where we don't emphasize an event or a person. But what we, uh, we talk about as a concept. And so don't get bored. Uh, I'm sure Eddie could do a much better job teaching this than me, but I want to teach. I want to impart it. I want you to get excited about the idea of uh, the Trinity because what the Trinity is is a team, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What they've done is they come up with a plan and they've mapped it all out and they all serve a purpose. But what I want to talk about this morning, because we could have teams. We do have teams. We have a rector's council here. We're a group of guys. We come together and we seek God and for, uh, you know, what we're supposed to be doing as a church, direction we're going, this type of thing. Uh, your family structure works the same way. But what makes the whole thing work correctly is a... Uh, It'd be an ambiguous word, unity. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning, unity. Being together, a oneness that's created by uh, design and by contract. By design and by contract. You have to be committed to do it. You know, as a husband and a wife, no one knows more than Karen and I that it's a 
it's a growth experience. It's a <laughs> working together. How many? Fifty-five? Fifty-four. Fifty-four years. And uh, I'm looking forward to another 50. I just about got her under control. <laughs> you married a year. We always do this around our anniversary. And I said, I said, but 35 years of, and I can't remember what the, uh, the term I used was, but the, the prominent word that you heard was combat. And everybody went, ooh. <laughs> Boy, I heard that a lot next few weeks after that. But anyway, where, where are we going here? Now, this day honors the uh, descent of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' apostles and followers. And as well, that translates to us. We are those followers. And those children, we just prayed over those followers. And so what the mechanism is working in our midst is the movement and the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, presence that's causing growth to occur in them and in us. So it's a, it's a celebration that... Uh, Actually, the probably the most prominent person who may or may not have uh, begun the tradition, but it's Thomas Beckett. Thomas Beckett was consecrated today to be the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, and it was the Sunday after Pentecost. And his first act was to ordain that the day of his consecration should be held as a new festival in honor of the Holy Trinity. And that caught on and spread throughout all Christendom. And so today we take a moment and to look at this uh, mystery. You know, often I use a term which a lot of theologians and preachers disdain, magic. But magic belongs to God. Believe me, God can do magic. I don't think we can. And there's a there's a part that we don't understand of special times, special places, special encounters with God. And that's what happened uh, at Pentecost. And that is a result of this peculiar working between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Possible for us to fully understand. Very difficult for us to even explain or comprehend. But nevertheless, this mystery made known fully demonstrates in our midst that God is alive and well and in our presence. So Trinity Sunday, person foremost, should emphasize the oneness of God, the oneness of God. And that oneness comes from this simple word of unity. And whether it's Karen and I in in the raising of our children or whether it's uh, 
the council of a church and buying a building or not, no matter what it is, when we find that we're in unity, we find that we're successful. And uh, I remember many, many, many years ago, we uh, were out in the desert where we traditionally go as a leadership to seek the Lord for direction for the church. And uh, we were out in the desert on this occasion. And um, in those days, we would go out Thursday night, we'd have a meeting. And then Friday morning, we'd have a meeting. And if we need another one, we'd have it Friday afternoon. Otherwise, we would do something social on Friday afternoon. And then Saturday morning, we'd have a <clears throat> closing <coughs> meeting. But when we would get out there, God was so uh, interested in speaking to us and the fact that there were people actually wanted to listen to him that we had many, many exciting times and the word would just flow and flow. But we went out this one year and I'll tell you what, it was just horrible. Just horrible that Thursday night. And so we were smart enough. <clears throat> we decided we're not going to do any business. We're just going to relax, be together until something broke in the spirit. And uh, we knew that uh, the Holy Spirit was getting ready to do something and give us the direction. And so that's what we did. And that became uh, a truth to us. Excuse me. Became a truth to us that uh, there's no point in uh, conducting it like a business meeting because it's not. It's not. And to that day, we do that same thing when we meet together. Uh, and what uh, what I've learned over the years is we prepare the environment. We prepare the environment. And what you do, you guys that are uh, of dating age, is uh, you bring roses with you when you show up at the door. Or if you're uh, uh, the lady, you fix a nice dinner. You create an environment that's speaking of your mutual affection and the future development of a closeness and a relationship. Well, you know, it's the same way. <clears throat> same way with God. And I don't think uh, any one of us could ever imagine God having a problem between the three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father sent the Son. He lived fully as a man, yet sinless. And he becomes not only our example how to live, but our very salvation when we fall.
the son returns to the father. And now he intercedes for us before the father. The spirit is sent from heaven to teach and comfort us. Never to be left to fend for ourselves again. But part of the arrangement of our salvation experience is that we can hold on. And John 13 through 17, those chapters very, very clearly depict this whole process. But we're guaranteed that the Holy Spirit is specifically sent He said, I won't leave you unguarded. I won't leave you in doubt. I won't leave you to flounder. But the Holy Spirit will be sent to comfort, to teach, and to exhort. So the uh, son does just that. Knock and the door shall be open. We're promised, seek and you shall find. The sky is the limit. And it's that close. Because although Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit's right here. The Holy Spirit's right in our midst. The Holy Spirit is wanting to be used, utilized, and to have the power of the Holy Spirit extend across the earth. Amen? What would cause... Such unity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, though. See, this is an important concept. You gotta see the foundation and then to make sense of why it happened the way it happened. Well, it's uh, simple. It's one word. It's love. Love. God so loved the world. He's in love with the world. But Jesus said, if you love me, how many times? (laughs) And so we have beginning this cooperative union between God and man. Jesus comes, he becomes that example for us. He takes upon himself all the sins of the world. Your sins, my sins, past sins, future sins. He takes upon him the sins of the world and dies a horrible death for them. Of course, he doesn't stay dead. 
on the third day, he rises. And he rises, and with him come us. And we begin our new life in Christ through that process. As we, and it's as simple as that too when you go out and share this in the streets to your friends. It's just that simple. There's nothing elaborate. There's nothing sophisticated. It's so simple. It's based on relationships. It's based on love. And it begins with the Trinity who bind themselves together with cords that cannot be broken, that are in complete and total unity. And then by doing that, they create this process and this example of all we have to do is follow. And so, why wouldn't love be the most important theme in chapters 13 through 17 of John? If you love me, he repeatedly challenges his disciples. See, unity is always played out in love. In uh, the 15th chapter of John, we have the whole metaphor of the vine, the vine grower, the branches. But all you have to do is look into that and you immediately see, once again, the motive for that whole mechanism, that whole description of life lived out as love. If the vine rejected the branch, where would it be? But the the vine won't reject the branch because they're one and the same. Those who believe in Jesus are immediately explicitly drawn into the love of the Father and the Son. We see that in the uh, John in the 17th chapter. As he talks about the divine love story of the world that's made manifest. In the passage for Trinity Sunday invites us to draw all those concepts of those chapters together. The love of God is the preferred motivation of our world. If it isn't, you need to make it that. Ours is not the first religion based on a hopeful, loving relationship with a loving God, is it? I would say... Most religions, that would be the case. But the difference here is that ours is real. Ours is the real living God. And therefore, you can go to the bank on it. And uh, to you young people, you just try it. And you'll see it works. 
And, and when you when you don't, you'll see you stumble. It just the life isn't all that pleasant. But if we follow just a simple example of Jesus as that example, and 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 that's why it, it it's worth the study of who he was and how he conducted himself, how he thought, his connection with heaven. All those things create that power that we all want to see acquired in our own lives. And we can, to a measure. There's no reason we can't become powerful men and women of God. So committed must our life of love be, though, that forgiveness is a foundational, essential tool that we use to negotiate through life. Now, let me say that again, because this is where it gets tough, walking it out. I don't think anybody that understood what I was saying didn't agree with what I was saying, but it's not that easy. So committed is our God to a life of love that he has given us forgiveness, and it's become a foundational forgiveness, foundational, essential tool that we are given to negotiate life. They never thought of forgiveness that way, probably. But that ain't bad, Lewis. <laughs> See, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's love. This oneness, this unity is given as far more than an example. It's given as a powerful tool to undo the enemy. You see, as John put it, in First John we love because he, the great I am, first loved us. <laughs> That's a great, selfish, but proper action. It makes sense, it's logical, and it's divine in its consequences. And so, Trinity Sunday, the simple Trinity Sunday. Ah, Trinity Sunday. There's a lot to be said about what's going on there, that simple term. That oneness, that uniqueness. Three separate persons, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit in one God in. And it's a perfect example that we live our life in the simplicity of how we live our life 
trying to walk it out the same way with each other. I guarantee you. Take a little time to dwell on this and incorporate this. And it'll be very, very successful to, I think, seeing a growth, better understanding. I think for requiring a higher level of forgiveness, there, there, there's, there's no downside. And so I'll just close by just saying that I want to really encourage you to take such a uh, abstract turn, but see the three parties behind it and how perfectly, perfectly it functions for them. And what an example it becomes as a blueprint for us. Amen? Well, that process all begins in this church before you ever have an opportunity to say amen. <laughs> and I'm going to show you now. Amen. Right, the candidates for baptism, please come forward. Along with family members, friends, relatives, the whole church. I say is this kid's connected. (laughs) Who's uh, assisting me? Okay. So I'm doing all of it. You take the baby. What's that? Yeah, I do. Want me to take it now? Want me to take it now? Hey, baby. You may as well get used to it. Oh, what's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? All right, let's see. The candidate for holy baptism was now to be presented. I present Theodore Scott Wild Mercer to receive the sacrament of baptism. Will you be responsible for seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? I will with God's help. Will you, by your prayers and witness, help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? I will with God's help. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness to rebel against God? I renounce Do you renounce the evil powers of this world, which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? I renounce Do you renounce all sinful desires to draw you from the love of God? I renounce them. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? I do. And do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? I do. Okay. To the congregation, will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support Theodore and his life in Christ? We We will. Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers? I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall in the sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being, born and unborn? I will with God's help. Let us now pray for this person, this child, Theodore, who has received the sacrament of new birth. Deliver him, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open his heart to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill him with your Holy Spirit, holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep him in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach him to love others in the power of the Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send him into the world and witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring him to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with, with your spirit. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In it, your son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we're buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. And through it, we're reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now sanctify this water, we pray you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who are here cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. Theodore, huh? You're not going to like it, son. (laughs) 
Theodore, Scott, Wild, Mercer, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Not bad. That's right. Theodore, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by the water and the Holy Spirit, you bestowed upon this servant the forgiveness of sins and raised him to a new life of grace. Sustain him, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give him an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will, to go to fear, a spirit to know and love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Let us welcome the newly baptized. We receive you into the household of God, confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us in his eternal priesthood. Peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. He never woke up. Never woke up. <laughs> Turn and greet your neighbor with peace. Woman. Man, he's a cool looking guy. <laughs> I love the tie. All right. Good morning. (laughs) All right. Well, summer is upon us. Uh, We just finished up another successful school year at St. Michael's Christian Academy. So another feather in the hat for the teachers and staff. Great job once again. Um, And now we get to do the adventure of summer. Uh, I have just a few announcements for you. Uh, we've got a Foundation Day offering coming up this month um, where we put aside money for, for people to build their churches in the CEC. And so I, I just pray that you would uh, think very, very strongly upon giving up for that. We also have a men's meeting coming up next Saturday, 9 o'clock. And we have some graduates that we need to congratulate for uh, reaching 8th grade or finishing eighth grade, finishing high school, college, and and others. So that's all we've got. God bless you. I won't be able to do this as well as Father Jim, but just since it is summertime, 
We do have a lot of families that are going to be going on vacation, coming and going, and uh, we'll, we will still need people at Society on Mondays. So if you can make it, we'd love to have you out there. And Father Jim has told us repeatedly that this is a real blessing, and it is. It'll change your life. Come out there once, and you'll see it. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you in the next few weeks. Let's continue with uh, our offertory. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
will be yours. I will be yours for all my life. And I will be yours. I will be yours for all my life. I will be yours, I will be yours for all my life, so let your mercy. believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love him, for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith, you who have little, you who've been here often and you who have not been here long, you who've tried to follow and you who failed, you come because it's the Lord who invites you. It's his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful, never-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that's made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise.
Lord, you're holy indeed, the fount of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. And he gave it to him and he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance to me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world and make us grow in love, together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of the clergy. Remember all those who are sick and firm in spirit, soul, or body. We especially remember Connie and Susan, Serena, Naomi, Sanja, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Denisha, Daniel, Katie, Patrick, Ron, and Bob, and Henry, the Marines and the sailors at Camp Pendleton and all those serving in our armed forces. You may add names of those you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart. With thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you've graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. 
Send us now into the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world himself and not counting men's sins against him. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forgive us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain there always. Amen. Sing.